Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Y el partido que empieza, los jugadores lo presienten, empieza a acercarse tanto, tanto, que ahora ya no hay tiempo para las sensaciones, solo hay tiempo para las acciones. Video blogging is sort of the next, the next level. Many of those blogs are posted on YouTube. The website launched a year ago, and it quickly became one of the Internet's most popular sites. Que hubo falta con Carly. Atención en ese tipo de jugada. Las fuerzas iguala. Mira el primer palo. Gambegol. America has tonight, for the first time in over a quarter of a century, signaled it's ready for direct talks with Iran. This major shift in U.S. policy comes as international tension grows over Iran's nuclear enrichment program and fears it may be preparing to build a nuclear weapon. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Greatest Games podcast on Football Ramble Daily in association with the Blizzard. My name is Marcus Speller. Opposite me is Jonathan Wilson. And today on the pod, our guest is Gavin Ramjuan, BBC Sport presenter and host of the Manzilla podcast. Pleasure to have you with us, Gavin. Thank you for having me, guys. Not at all. Thank now, you. today we go back to the Champions League final in 2006. Barcelona beat Arsenal 
2-1. Gavin, why have you chosen this game? Oh, well, this game uh, for me, you know, I'm an Arsenal fan um, and it was it, effectively it was the biggest game, I think, of Arsenal's history. Um Champions League it's final. It's a big shout straight away. Oh, I think it is. It's a huge <laughs> shout. But when you look at it, you know, the leagues were won. They, they'd achieved that. It was mm. the, the Invincibles had been done. This was the time to cap it all off. Mm. This was, the, this was the, the game to effectively seal Wenger's you know, legacy, if you like. Um, it was a massive game. I remember being so up for it. Being so, so up for it. It was, you know... Um, Previous in previous years with with European uh, their European record they mm. they hadn't quite got to the level where I think a lot of people expected them to be at yeah and this was the first time where I think people thought maybe they can actually do this and it was a mighty Barcelona team an incredible side Ronaldinho in the team mm. um, Ludovic Juli at front it was a really really exciting team and they were very strong at the back as well Marquez and Puyol were at the back mm. um, and it was. And I think that, that I think Arsenal fans believed at that point that this this was the year they could actually do it. And the way they started the game was incredible as well. Mm. It was absolutely incredible. Um, but for me, like it was, you know, I remember watching the game in um, in a sports cafe in central London. Mm. I'll probably I won't give them. Sh- in fact, they don't exist anymore. The, the, the place is closed down. It was it was in Haymarket in Piccadilly. Oh, oh, yeah. I don't you know it. It's closed down. Well, is it? well, it hasn't closed down. It's something else now. It's not what it used to be. It used right, to be called okay. the sports cafe. That's right. And it was like you know. It was like the sort of definitive sports watching venue in central London. Yeah, that you couldn't you couldn't see wall space no. for the for no, the amount TVs. of screens and, and yeah. Yeah, every table yeah. had a little TV set into the wall <laughs> beside it. Yeah, they it was... really, really wanted you to watch sport in that in that place. And then fair enough, that's it was called the this, Sports Cafe. This is it, yeah. It knew exactly what it was the, you know, the branding was on point. <laughs> so they had that nailed down. And I just remember all of my mates were there, it was all my university friends, because yeah. I think I'd just started doing children's BBC at the time. Right. So I was doing a show called News Round and a sports round as well. And I remember it was my first year doing it and I and I thought, wow, what a what a year this could cap off. Yeah. First year of, you know, being on T V as a presenter, you know, reporting on sport and then Arsenal go and win the Champions League. That would be incredible. But um I remember watching it and I remember just sort of going the emotions for it were were, you know, it was excitement, it was build up, it was just one of those games where you thought, actually, we've got a chance here. Mm. We've got a chance here. The optimism was there. Um, and then you watch the game. And I think as a neutral, if you're watching the game, there were a lot of neutrals watching it in the venue where we were at. Um, it was just thrilling. It was a really exciting match. Mm. And I just remember it being um, a game for me. And I, I know we didn't win, but it just stood out for me as, you know, one of those games where you just sew up for it. Yeah. And it just sticks with you. And, you know, yeah, the result isn't the, you know, the greatest in terms of what we would have liked at the end of the day. But... For me, I'll always remember that because I just thought that was our biggest chance of glory. It didn't work out, but it was an exciting team. And I hope one day we get there again. Yeah, but it made you dream. And you, <laughs> it did, yeah, that's it. It made you dream. And, yeah. and I think, yeah, for, for, for a team that makes you dream, you know, you may um, remember them fondly. But I mean, Jonathan, going into the game, Gavin talks about biggest game in Arsenal's history. And, yeah, you know, I'd go 1930 FA Cup final, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think um, what is, yeah, I, I, I take his point, I take your point in that. Um, it, you know, it, their only Champions League final, but also the team was in an interesting phase of its development. That mm. they had the invincible season, mm. and then you know, we did the did the podcast with with Vish and Araujo on mm. um, on the defeat to Liverpool, the the the, the Neil Mellor goal, the Neil Me- I, I, which was I, I, only I can't remember was it the October of that season? It wasn't very 
It wasn't that far into the season, but that ended the. And so sort of already the obituaries were there for that Arsenal team. It was, I think, their second defeat. Maybe it might have been the October, November time. It anyway. didn't end it because I think Manchester United. Manchester United ended. Yeah, no, but I mean, it, it sort of was, it was the obituary for yes. sort of that that side. It was, yes, that's right. Was it Kevin McCarran? Kevin McCarran, right? You know, his his match report was was incredibly mm. sort of they're going to have to rebuild, and this really was that process of mm. they, you know, they won the FA Cup in two thousand and five, awful final. Oh, they were a robbery, but a final. Well, they got the goal of straw against United and, and sort of it was um, it was as though Wenger had learned a new trick. He'd learned how to defend. And you look at the knockout well, games in this yes. this tournament yeah. and you look, oh, look wow. at the scores. 1-0-0-0, 2 2-0-0-0, 1-0-0-0. I think particularly the two games against Real Madrid in the last 16, mm. the, the defending in those games was was incredible. And to win, they won mm. what the game in the Bernabeu, didn't they? They won 1-0 away. Yeah. And then got mm. the 0-0 at home. Um, and Juventus as well. Juventus, I mean, it's slightly more sort of classical way of doing it: win two at home and you know, keep it mm. tight away. But still, uh, they could do that. But they had the capacity to keep clean sheets against really good teams. I mean, they, hadn't, they hadn't let in a goal in six knockout games. Well, like, younger Arsenal fans will be thinking, "What? Yeah, you know, they, 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 Arsenal's been so sloppy defensively for so long." So, now. I mean, I remember having uh, a long chat. Uh, with I mean, we must have been on a train or something because but <laughs> a long chat with Garth Crooks. <laughs> Uh, oh, right. after the Real Madrid game and him being this is a new team this is better than Invincible this is better than 98 team <laughs> because, they, because they can defend although I guess that 98 team they had that when Manninger came inside that great run of clean sheets mm-hmm. but uh, but based on the the old defence based on the yeah. the George Graham defence whereas this yeah. was this was Wenger's defence yeah. of uh, you know, Campbell and Thierry and Abue and Cole yeah um, it's a great back four great yeah, back and Lehman a great goalkeeper as well, well and it's odd yeah. because Lehman as we'll talk about in the second half of the actual game. And Gilberto as well. Well, Gilberto was protecting yeah. that back four. Yeah, your mate Gilberto. My, my, my mate, uh, uh, big Jill. Um, I, had, I had dinner with Gilberto about three weeks ago. Lovely. Can, can you match? The Confederations Cup. Can you match that, Jonathan? <laughs> it, was it was the most surreal event, like, most surreal <laughs> circumstance ever. Yeah. Like, you know, we're, sorry, I'm going off point here. So no, like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> he was doing the Confederations Cup with um, with Beeb, and, um, you know, it was you know, spilled in the studio next door to us. Um, <laughs> we sat down. I'm just there on a late shift, gonna get a bit bit to eat in the kitchen and i saw i see a guy with his back to me having having a bit of you know takeaway mm. food i'm thinking to myself he looks a bit like gilberto silver <laughs> and it turns out it is gilberto silver just casually uh-huh. eating his dinner in our like little communal area mm-hmm. it's amazing is it up in salford in salford yeah yeah well, weirdly Bizarre. i have also <laughs> eaten nando's with gilberto silver in salford they are <laughs> I feel incredibly left out, to be perfectly honest with you, because I've only had Nando's with Emerson. Uh, you know, so, um, I'm amazed that they're not uh, next to each other the whole time, you know, with the ropes. Uh, Sorry, Jonathan, just got sidetracked on your point. No, no, it's fine. Um, but, but it was an incredible back four, and, and, or back six, if you like, if you include the goalkeeper and, and Gilberto Silva, despite the fact that Bowie would be seen obviously he's off the field was a bit of a joker and so on but would become seen he would be seen going forward as a quite an erratic kind of defender and layman of course that that, that type of goalkeeper but for, for that season certainly in the Champions League they were airtight they only conceded oh, yeah. two goals um, before that final which is a phenomenal record considering some of the opponents they played yeah, you mentioned I mean, Real Madrid uh, Juventus yeah, you can look at the Villarreal game oh, the yeah. semi-final yeah. and it required Riccardo to miss a penalty but but still, we well, still got to save it. I mean, mm. Mourinho's Chelsea when they went on that amazing run. You know, Czech saved a penalty, well, dick off against Blackburn. You know, mm. your goalkeeper's a part of your side. You yeah. know, and, and Gavin is a goalkeeper by trade. <laughs> right, by the way. So mind how you go about the goalkeeper's union here. <laughs> I mean, that that Mikel May penalty, uh, which uh, Arsenal would still have gone. Th- 
He would have tied asked, it. It would, it would have, have been one more angry. It would have gone to extra time. Extra time. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember the the direction mm. on that is incredible. It's like a spaghetti western. <laughs> it's kind of a camera. Raquel May's face. Layman's face. Raquel May's face a bit tighter. Yeah. face a bit tighter. Down to just Raquel May's eyes, at which you see a little flicker of panic. Oh, he's missed this. He's blinked. Yeah. And sure enough. To be fair, of all the perhaps all the keepers you'd want in that situation, if it does go down to that kind of, you know, sh- Western shootout, Layman might be. Your yeah, man. I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. A, a tough, tough a man, man to never flinch. Yeah. Really, I think he really had nerves of steel. A little bit hot-headed, as we saw in the final. Yeah. But um, I think as a as a presence, mm-hmm. you know, it, it had been a long time since we had a goalkeeper like Layman. I really loved Layman. Mm. I thought he was, you know, for it me, was a real character. Oh, real character. But there was just no messing around with him. You know, you'd, mm-hmm. you'd see players that would, you know, try and tussle with him on corners and stuff. And he just throw them in the back of the net. I think I'm sure he got sent off a couple of times for doing that. But him and Drogba often had a little. <laughs> they did, yeah. uh, it was rather well pathetic would be the word I would use. But but Lehman, I remember that summer actually in 2006. He would have been Germany's goalkeeper yeah. during the World mm-hmm. Cup mm-hmm. and and saving at least one, maybe two penalties against Argentina in the quarterfinal. And they said to him that uh, you know they they had written down on pieces of paper where the the taker you know. Well, you, no, he he had a piece of paper in his sock. Yes, that's right. But, but it was a. a He'd torn it off a hotel notepad. Yeah. <laughs> and it turned out that the, the bit of paper, like, I, I, I can't remember exactly, but something like of the five or four Argentinians who took penalties, yeah. like only one was actually on his bit of paper. Yeah. But he kept consulting it. Yeah, just he to get knew it was getting in their head. Yeah, it's brilliant. brilliant. But I think, oh, I think the, one of the coaches said to Lehman, they, you know, they'd written all this down and made these plans. But the line was, they said to him, but if you can't remember, then just save two and we'll be okay. <laughs> and I, I love the thought of, just so, so what if he saved two? Does he just stand aside? <laughs> you know, I'd, well, if you do that, then we'll be. And of course, they were, yeah. which shows you the sort of the character. But but back into the Champions League, you know, Arsenal they were in a group with Ajax, Sparta Prague, and FC Tun. They won five and drew one, sort of breezed through the group, much like Barcelona did, mm-hmm. um, as 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 well. But this Barcelona side and Jonathan, we we in this podcast, perhaps maybe we'll delve into it another time. I don't know, but we get to talk about one of our favourite subjects in football: <laughs> the curious career of Frank. Yeah. Lam- Frank- yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, not a lot of people know that kind of the, the working title for this originally was <laughs> Frank Lampard's lingerie shop. Or Frank Rijkaard. What, what did I say? Frank Lampard. Yeah. <laughs> and we we, uh, we abandoned that because Frank Lampard has never, to our knowledge, owned a lingerie indeed, shop. Frank Rijkaard, however. Yes. Yeah, I mean, his, his, you know, he retired from football and opened a lingerie shop. Yeah. And then what? he yeah. became. I didn't know that. He became Netherlands national manager. A very okay. natural sort of progression. Yeah. Off the back of that. We like the, we like you, we like your style, my friend. Management is management. You know, yeah, he knew football. He he showed he could balance the books. And, lingerie, you know. lingerie. Yeah, <laughs> he said balance uh, the books. <laughs> um, Any previous experience of managing uh, people? Well, no way. <laughs> and then you know, Netherlands in at home in two thousand, going mm. out in. Yeah, you know, I'm sure we'll do that. That semi final against Italy because that is one of the most incredible games. Mm. Um, we did the final. Of we did the final. The the extraordinary nil nil draw. Penalties missed all over the place. Yeah, um, they should so have gone through. That was sort of a a, a sort of par performance at best. Mm. Uh, he then takes Sparta Rotterdam to the first relegation in their history. <laughs> yeah, and then he, you know, he's 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 accepted a job to be manager of the Netherlands Antilles. Yeah, when first Gus Hiddink and then Ronald Koeman turned down the Barcelona job, and Koeman, I mean. We keep saying Koeman will be Barcelona manager at some point. Right. I'm sure he will be. Yeah. But 
he keeps being asked when the time's completely wrong. So he was manager of Ajax at the time, like, you know, a ridiculous Ajax team with Mido and Zlatan yeah. and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Van der Meijer and Van der Vaart and Pienaar and uh, Galashek and Maxwell. Schneider was there. Really? Uh, Schneider, Schneider yeah, there, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, a brilliant, brilliant Ajax. Van der Sar then as well. Uh, he may no, have moved he, on. he may have gone, gone by then. Yeah. Uh, but it was a great side, nonetheless. Yeah. Um, so you can see why he didn't want to leave leave that team. And they, they, I mean, they'd beaten Arsenal in the Champions League in 03 04, hadn't they? I think. I think so, yeah. Um, um, in the group stage, maybe. In the groups, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, and so you can see why Koeman didn't want to leave that team. And so yeah. third choice Frank gets the call as he's about to go to out to you know Aruba or wherever <laughs> Netherlands until he's based and oh yeah right, I'll, I'll, I'll do the bastard I'd job I'd love to have heard that phone call between him and the Netherlands Antilles yeah, yeah. there's been a change of plan yeah. <laughs> I've been given the Barcelona job he doesn't fancy it anymore he's made up this ridiculous story but then of course but there he was and yeah he, he, he actually did an incredibly good job it's very easy yes. with the with you know, the Guardiola hindsight to think that yeah, he's a bit of a stand-in, but no. he took over a club as in a complete mess. They'd oh, had, yeah. yeah. They had the two spells of Van Gaal, they'd had the spell of Sarah Ferrer, they'd mm. had Radiantic's interim period. They'd finished sixth. They'd finished sixth. Mm. Yeah. Not that, it was 0-2-0-3, they finished sixth. Which, yeah. like, I mean, if I manage Barcelona, I'd get them in the top five. Do you know what I mean? Because it's, it's, <laughs> a third place finish is a disaster for Barcelona. Oh, completely, yeah. Sixth place. I think they got beaten by Celtic in one of the... Maybe the year after that. Yeah, they, they did mm. in uh, 04, 05. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, so, so it wasn't a great time. But but Rijkaard got them going. In fact, actually, one of the things that Guardiola was praised for coming in was being a bit of a disciplinarian. So getting rid of some of the party boys, eventually, like mm. Ronaldinho and Deco and so on. But actually, Rijkaard did that when he first initially, well, joined. So he turned him in his first half off season is pretty terrible yeah yeah. I think Christmas of 7th or something yeah it wasn't good um, and then they, they bring in Edgar Davids uh, in the January and also they change shape to, to 4-3-3 mm. which allows Ronaldinho to go back to his old position on the left cutting in field where Van Gaal wanted to play him and Ronaldinho decided he wanted to play as number 10 and mm. that was one of the reasons that relationship went wrong <laughs> and then they pick up that season and if they, I think, I think I'm right saying if they won on the final weekend, they'd have won the title. And they, they end up losing it by two points to Rafa's Valencia. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense, yeah. And then they win the title in 04 05, but as you say, go out mm. to Celtic. Uh, and then 05 06, they're absolutely at their peak, that they win the league again, mm-hmm. playing great football. Yeah. It was a um, glorious side, that. You, 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 you I, mean, I spoke to Eusebio Sacristan, mm. who uh, was, was in that side. Or, or was he on the coaching staff? Anyway, he, he was around that side. And, and you know, I said to him, was it was it Reichard's idea to switch to a 4-3-3? And he was sort of, mm, well, you know, he, he certainly allowed us to do that. And I, I the implication was it was Cruyff who told mm. him to go to 4-3-3. Is that right? That, <laughs> and that was an amazing thing because Reichard and Cruyff had fallen out massively in 87 when Reichard had left... <laughs> Uh, Ajax. Yeah, I mean, imagine two, two, two Dutchmen <laughs> falling out in the in the, in the arena of football. Uh, but but, but Cruyff that... accept him as being, you know, he's one of the true believers. He's one of the kind of carriers of the total football torch. We, we will ah. accept him back. Okay, well, that's very good of him. Too. Uh, my goodness. All right. Well, let's have a quick break then, chaps, and then after which we'll talk about the game itself. <laughs> Yeah. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Larson que puede apoyarse en Juli, que balón acaba de meter para allá, Valenti, Valenti, ¡Gol! ¡Gol del Barcelona! Muy bien Larson, muy bien Larson. Welcome back to Greatest Games Podcast on Football Ramble Daily in association with the Blizzard. Now, the final was played in, in Paris at, at Saint-Denis, of course. Um, Barcelona, in their fifth final, having only won it once in 1992 under Cruyff, again, because of their recent successes, one can forget that it, that it, um, it wasn't... A, you know, they don't have the history in the competition like Real Madrid, uh, for example. Yeah, Arsenal, big, a big team, but not a successful team mm. until the last sort of 15 years or so. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, Arsenal in their first final uh, of, of the competition and the first London club to feature in the Champions League final as well, which is, which is a surprising statistic and considering we've seen uh, one or two now uh, since then. But yes, um, I mean, Arsenal looking impressive defensively going into uh, the final. Um, I'd completely forgotten that that Messi missed the final uh, due to injury because he'd played that season... Yeah. I thought he was blooded in a little bit later, but uh, but he wasn't in the side. And this, yeah, the optimism was there. I think that's that that was they we thought I think that you know Messi being out mm-hmm. um, and you know because he was making a bit of a splash at the oh, time. Oh, he was, yeah. And you know, you, you look at some of the players in that in that side. You know, um, Van Bronckhorst, I think, was left back. Mm-hmm. Um, Van Bommel in the Van middle. Bommel in the middle. Um, in the goalkeeper Valdez, you would have thought you know people like Henri going forward against people like. Some of those guys at the back. Well, even Oliver right back, who yeah, yeah, Oliver exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's fondly remembered by Barca fans because he was so much one of them, rather yeah. than because he was a great player. Mm. Yeah, and they, he was sort of you know I don't want to say he was the the, the token local lad because, but. He he. I don't think he'd have been that tight had he not been a local lad. Put it, put it that way. <laughs> well, well, him playing right back and Henri liking to cut yeah, in from the left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would have looked at that and thought, eh, actually, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't fancy. You know, might fancy a bit of that. I mean, the front three for Barcelona: Ludovic Juli, who scored the only goal in their semi-final against Milan, uh, and a nice goal it was. You know, obviously Etu through the middle and Ronaldinho. I mean, Etu was a phenomenal player. I, I think. <sighs> 
uh, would you say he was maybe underappreciated or underrated? Yeah, I really would. Yeah. yeah. I, I think he was appreciated quite highly, but I think he's better than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think he's one of the most outstanding centre forwards I've ever seen. Yeah, because yeah. he would press from the front. I mean, you can see under, under in that first season with Guardiola, when it was him, would it have been Messi and uh, Henri? Henri. Henri, of course mm-hmm. it was, yeah, yeah, up front. Etu's pressing, he would demand it from other players. I mean, well. he had everything. So he, he was a great natural, you know, orthodox centre forward. Yeah. It? He, you know, he made the runs and he scored the goals. He was decent in the air. But and, a great engine. But he, yeah. he pressed, but he also had the the intelligence and uh, the humility, which is not a word many Cameroonians would use about him, <laughs> uh, to, to drop off and, and move to the right when Messi went to, to yeah. play as a false nine. He was adaptable enough to play anywhere across that front three. Well, Mourinho got him to do that for Inter. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. I mean, can you imagine being, you know, Samuel Eto'o having won the Champions League a couple of times, largely playing through the middle. Yes, under Guardiola, he'd sort of switched over a bit at times. And then Mourinho says, I want you to do, who would it have been, Melito's doggy work yeah. on the wing. <laughs> yeah. He would have been in his... Well, his, I, his, I, shows that, that, his, that intelligence. Yeah. Uh, Ian Hawkey, he's, he's done this, this podcast a couple of times. Mm. Um... I went with him, uh, we were in Cairo in 2006, went with him up to the Cam- to the Cameroon Hotel to try and get any Cameroon player. And we managed eventually to get him to let us speak to Eto. Eto was in his room yeah. and we're suddenly told, no, only one of you can go. So Ian went and I, yeah, obviously I was going to get the quotes mm. off him. So you, he, you finished your pint. <laughs> <laughs> so Ian, Ian goes in the room and Eto's uh, lying there, seemingly naked in bed uh-huh. with a sheet pulled over him, watching a game on, on the telly. Mm. And Ian says to him, Oh, what, what game are you watching? And I was like, I don't know, some some rubbish Arab league game, I don't know. <laughs> so Ian said, well, why, why are you watching? And he went, well, because what you have to understand is when you play against bad defences, the runs you make are different to the runs you make against good defences. So I'm learning where the space is against these bad defences. Cool. Oh, right. <laughs> what a scholar of the yeah, game. Yeah, but what a smart thing to think. <laughs> yeah, so of course yeah. it's true. Of course a bad defender will leave space in a different place to a good defender. Yeah. yeah. Well, an amateur will sometimes stitch up a professional, Jonathan, <laughs> <laughs> as David Brent once said. But, um, but that's incredible. That I think I think Etu's intelligence on, on you know, is, is often underplayed, actually. Um, yeah, and, and pheno- so quick as well. Oh, Just a yeah. oh, fantastic footballer. Phenomenal. Well, yeah, so... The game begins. I mean, Arsenal. It's sort of, I suppose, it's sort of a four-four-one-one. Um, you would mm. say. I mean, a very young Cesc Fabregas in the midfield. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Absolutely. he was. I mean, obviously, until he went to to Chelsea, was really really cherished by Arsenal fans. He was he? really loved. Yeah, he was really loved. He was the heartbeat of the side. Actually, you could argue. I think he um, he really ran things. Really controlled the tempo. Um, again, a guy with great vision. Used to bring in the players quite well. Um, but I think he, I think that the Lundberg position was very interesting in that in the formation mm. when um, uh, Lundberg was sort of like playing off on Rhee, I think, um, mm. just sort of like just behind, um, and that I think for the first 180 seconds, first three minutes, that you know we had two great chances. Valdez pulled off good saves. Yeah, I mean, Arsenal um, started. Uh, started phenomenally. Yeah. Phenomenally. Well, it's just... quite difficult to mark because Henri's not your archetypal centre forward. Mm. He's going around. Freddie Jundberg again, where, where drifting around that 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 sort of partnership they had. Yeah, I did, and Perez playing off a right. Yeah, another attack, and Kleb as well, who yeah. was another yeah. attacking player. Exactly. It is yeah. actually it's quite difficult to kind of think who's going to yeah. mark and, and plus and plus with Fabregas' capacity to make late runs. Mm. Mm. So yeah. you, you know, it's it, it's a very you know we talked about how solid the back six were. Well, the front five was correspondingly very fluid. Mm. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Like, I mean, so yes, Arsenal, as you say, Henri has a chance which. If 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 
he would probably want to do better with that, really. I mean, Valdez makes a good save. You're talking about the one from a two-way cross. Yeah, when he takes yeah. a touch yeah. away from the defender. And yeah, Valdez yeah, smothers it really well. But yeah. yeah, there was a sense starting to build already at this time, but Henri didn't really do it in the biggest games. No, yes. yeah. And I sort of, yeah, I, I remember sort of as, as that happened, thinking... Oh, touch is a bit heavy in a big game again. <laughs> <laughs> but do you not think, though, with that goal at the Bernabeu against Real Madrid, the only goal of the tie, I know that was a, a, a few rounds previously, but it was a big goal that settled that oh, tie. Oh, shit. I, I think, I think the, the, the idea was nonsense. Okay. Uh, but it was a thing that people said. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I, I think most of these stats people come out with that, mm. oh, you know, he's played in six finals and he hasn't scored in any of them, whereas he scores you know, 0.8 yeah. goals per game throughout yeah, but finals, you're playing really good teams. <laughs> like, they're, they're better, you know, you're not playing kind of Bournemouth or Watford yeah. or Charlton who you can rack up hat-tricks against. Yeah, you're yeah. playing Barcelona. Yeah, by yeah. definition. Obviously yeah. it's harder. <laughs> um, he had another shot which Valdez saved as well. But you, you're right, Gavin. I mean, you watching that game yeah. with your mates, you must have thought, hang on a bleeding yeah. minute. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're on. I, yeah, you would have thought that this was the start of, you know, an absolute onslaught, potentially, you know, getting one or two in the in the first half hour. At least the way it was going, you well, were really optimistic. Especially that that second on chance because it, mm. it's 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 just a corner that's played back. He takes the corner, it's played back to him, and then they let him create the chance for himself. And you start to think he's on one of those days where yeah. he's unplayable. They can't. Yeah. They don't know how to stop him. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and then. <laughs> And then, then it goes wrong. <laughs> and, it, and it does. I mean, Samoletto is, is slipped through. Mm. To, I mean, to, 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 to get through that Arsenal defence and create a chance shows the craft. It was one hell of a ball through. It was well. a lovely ball through. Mm. And Lehman comes rushing out. You can see why, but Edsu just skips past him. And and the, the free kick on the edge of the box is given. Lehman is, is sent off. I mean, the, I think it was Julie himself, actually, who, yeah, who slid the ball into the empty net. And I remember when that happened because I, I suddenly just got caught up in it and I mean my brother's an Arsenal fan he was actually at the game and I tend to support the English team or the British team when when they're in European competition and I, and I did I did want Arsenal to win and I just remember feeling gutted absolutely gutted when when the ref sent him off but of course he was going to send him off you know the rules were the rules certainly back in back then well it's a free kick so it would be a red under the modern law yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's a red card it, it, it's a complete yeah. red card but I did wonder like could they have let Barcelona score I think yeah. probably the neutral certainly well, I think probably everybody concerned. Actually. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, there's also then a, a kind of a question of which do you prefer? Would you rather go one nil down and have eleven men, or would you rather give yeah. it nil nil with ten? And certainly with at half time, <laughs> I think Arsenal were relatively happy with the way, way it was going. Yeah, but how yeah. did you feel though when when Lehman got sent off? Did you think? Oh, oh. I thought that I thought I was gutted. You know, I thought you know, oh. you keep getting sent off. That's kind of going to automatically hamstring you, isn't it? You know, you take Perez off and bring Almunia on. Mm. Um, you know, that's a big attacking threat. Gone. And having looked so good, yeah. The momentum is completely, yeah, or oh, seemingly kind of seemingly, kind of to, yeah. You, you would think, oh gosh, you know, all, all this, all this great work we've been doing, you know, is it all just going to come to an end right now, here mm. and then? But um, I, I'm, I think, you know, it's a good question. Would it, would it have been better with eleven men on the field and being one nil down, or you know, taking the ten men and having the free kick go wide after? I think yeah. it was Ronaldinho. Yeah, he's it? Yeah. it wide. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, you, you still live in hope. You still live in hope with the back four that you've got that you know has been doing incredible work that season. Um, you still live in hope, but I, I think that it was really, really deflating. It was really deflating, especially when it's Lehman as well, who's done so well in the run up to the yeah. final. He's you know the penalty save against Rakami and against Villarreal. And I just I think that you would. I was really deflated. I remember it being just crushing. Yeah, but. Again, the hope is still there. Well, it's still and, nil-nil. It's and, still and, nil-nil. And, and it was rightly there because 
not that long after that. You know, yeah. a, a Bouet runs down the right wing and clearly dives to a free kick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, VAR wouldn't be having any of that nowadays. It's a stereotype against Puyol, isn't it? He? He's one of those players that, you know, you go in for a, a, an innocuous challenge with him. It looks like he's fouled you because of his big hair and the way he is quite gangly. And <laughs> oh, I understand why ugly. the referee gave it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> ugly player. Yeah. Not ugly personality, but ugly player. <laughs> <laughs> sure. One of the lovely personalities. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Gavin. Um, and then Henri takes the free kick, flights it in. And one of the most glorious sights in, in the history of football is when Sol Campbell rises for a header and, oh. and nods it into the back of the net. And it was incredible. Well, it, it felt like redemption for 98. Yes. So for Campbell. Yeah. yeah. When, you, when he'd scored the goal that was ruled out against Argentina. Yeah. yeah. Also a free kick against 10 men. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you sort of thought, well, you know, he probably... I mean, I think I think the, in '98 it was correctly ruled out. You know, yeah, the arm and, and, and the annoyingly face. so, yeah. But but from Campbell's point of view, yeah, he he thought he'd scored for ten men against eleven. Yeah, and eight years later he he does. That's right. Yeah, I mean yeah. he scored in the opening game, England's opening game of World Cup 2002, their header against Sweden, which was which was another one of those towering sort of Campbell headers. And I remember Barry Davis's commentary when the ball comes in, free header, bang, <laughs> you know, which is uh, which is what we want. But but to, to, Arsenal went one nil up, and that hope you speak of, Gavin, you know, suddenly yeah. it's like. Oh bloody hell! Hang yeah. on, They've, there's something happening here. This is it. It's like you rebound off the back of that, and you think actually maybe this could still happen. Maybe we could, maybe we could actually um, go on and do this. You know, because mm. the play has been there still. You know, the free kick was um, it was a nice free kick from Henri, and the header was just it was galvanising. Actually, mm. you know, you go into half time with that, and you think to yourself, hang on a minute, we can actually do this. Well, and, and Eto, Eto hits the post and before it, half yeah, time. Yeah, that's you, right. You start yeah. to think. Well, that was a great save day. from Henri. Actually, that was mm. a brilliant save. Oh, did he, he touch it onto the post? Got, I'm pretty sure he got a touch onto that. Yeah, goalkeeper's union. That's the official, <laughs> that's the official I'm line. I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, it was only like a real slight touch, but uh, it made all the difference because he hit the post. Yeah. He'd gone in otherwise. So, well, they're going at half time yeah. at one nil. Yeah, and you think to yourself, hang on a minute here. And of course, the second half starts, and obviously Barcelona have got a lot of the ball. But knowing how good that Arsenal defence was, and and not conceding many chances, Barcelona looked like pretty frustrated well and, and also you look at that Arsenal team and Jumberg and Henri are two of the fastest players yeah. we've seen in the last sort of 20 years so yeah. on the break they they can definitely threaten I mean they had chances I well mean, I mean, Jumberg had a chance that Valdez yeah. tipped over and that on mm. oh that Henri yeah, chance I mean good uh, could save that, wait, that Henri chance at, at one oh nil. my gosh yes I tell you yeah. what Gavin I don't know I, well I, I can guess how you feel about that yeah. I'm not an Arsenal fan and when I look back at that it makes me feel a little bit gutted. Do you know what I mean? It, mm. it sort of almost like haunts me as a kind of a, well, not neutral, as an yeah. Englishman watching it. And I remember when he missed that chance, that's when I thought, ah. Yeah. Uh, oh, one of those moments where you think, oh, actually, hang on a minute here. So if he puts that away, then, then I, I think that's probably game over. It's easy to say behind side, of course. Yeah. But, but it, it, you know, it's one of those where it's pretty any, much any other circumstance you'd back in the score. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's clean through, he's in yeah. loads of space. Yeah. Maybe too much time to think yeah, about it. Maybe. Quite possibly, yeah. I mean, yeah, because it was a fairly straightforward So Valdez sort of read it quite quite well. He yeah. hits it down to Valdez's right and, you know, fairly comfortably catches the ball. And and I think maybe that was a wake-up call for Barcelona, or not that they needed a wake-up call, but they were getting frustrated because previous or prior to that, Ronaldinho was trying to do it all himself. And there's moments where he's hitting a shot wide and you can hear the Arsenal fans going, Wee! Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, I remember that. The, sp- the one that he absolutely <laughs> put like seven, eight yards, more than that probably, like 10, 15 yards wide. Yeah, so the, the way this game is panning out, you think to yourself, oh my goodness, are they going to do the unthinkable here? Well, then there is a sense in which Ronaldinho, for all this quality, is... 
the last player you want in a game like this when things are slipping <laughs> away from you. And because he is exactly the sort of bloke who'll start trying to do everything himself. Yeah, and it was playing into Arsenal's hands. Yeah, yeah. And then Frank Rijkaard brought on Henrik Larsson. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which was which was a genius move, as it would turn out. And I think that showed Rijkaard's sort of tactical capability the way he kind of slightly switched it up and Larson, a player who had been at Celtic for so many years and and one of the best players in the history of, of Scottish football of course but he'd played at Celtic for so many years and been absolutely phenomenal for them personally you know having seen him play in Scotland for so long I was so glad for him to have uh, to, to get a bit of uh, recognition at the top level in the European game because he was such a phenomenal forward to come on in a game like that and to change it. Okay, he didn't yeah. score, but he got two assists. But it was such a ridiculous side Barca had out when he when he came on. Well, yeah. Because they yeah. brought on Belletti for Oliver, um, yeah. at uh, Sorry, they brought on Iniesta for, for Ed Milson at half-time. Yeah. So the midfield is Deco, Iniesta, Van Bommel. And then you've taken Van Bommel off for mm. Larson. So you've got... Deco and Iniesta holding I mean, and sort fair, of front four. Say they were going for it, which <laughs> and, is which is and why then that... they then they bring on Belletti for yeah. Oliga after okay, seventy-one yeah. minutes. But that, well, that's why that that um, Henri chance was such a kind of psychological blow, I think, for Arsenal yeah. because because there were gaps left at the back, and with Henri and Jumberg, you could exploit. Well, them. and Marquez and Puyol are not quick. No, no, and as they proved, so Jumberg has a chance, bit of a, a tricky one. Then when Henri has that one, and then Arsenal's just the tiredness kind of really seeps in. You know what it's like. It was like. a really, really hot, humid night. There <laughs> it was, well. wasn't it? Yeah. You, I it mean, was. to play uh, against I mean, Barcelona. I remember, we keep talking about him and I've got another story about him as well. But <laughs> uh, I remember Ian Hawkey coming out of the mix zone that night oh. and his shirt was just drenched. Mm. I think he was wearing a pale blue shirt. Oh no. Yeah, the worst colour. <laughs> yeah. Basically, pale blue, pale pink are the worst for sweat. They are. Although if, if it's completely covered in sweat, then you could argue was, that's the colour of it. Well, <laughs> it was pretty much like that. It was so hot in that mix zone. Um, it, yeah. it was really muggy, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, really, really hot muggy. and humid. Mm. I know. So yeah, all against Arsenal. I think again that that when you realise, oh, hang on a minute, there's like the last twenty, last fifteen, we're one nil up. Okay, we're not going to get any more chances. Let's defend. That mental fatigue sets in even more. Yeah, yeah. And then and then and then and then Barcelona come forward, and it's a delightful pass from oh. Henrik Larsson to split. Well, Iniesta's pass Iniesta's to start with. Yeah. Yes, and of then course. Larson touches it on for Eto. Yeah, and you see that pace, the deftness of touch, though, isn't it? Mm. The way he just sees, or the, he, see, he knows he's running behind. Yeah, and he just has that ability to one like turn his foot and flick it and yeah. find the space in behind the mm. defence it's just incredible yeah Larson at his best no. yeah and Anetu's very much gobbled up the chance it was like thank you very much <laughs> yeah. no, not an easy chance no 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 a, not a tight angle but yeah a, a brilliant finisher would you look at the keeper for yeah, that yeah I would I really would, you? would. yeah I would I was, when I rewatched it back again mm. just, just mm-hmm. before we recorded um, oh gosh I mean at the time <laughs> at the time you're thinking oh my god you know it's Etu it's six yards out if that um, it's going to be a goal but the near post uh, on a chance like that, you, you the, the the very basic as a goalkeeper, you've got to have your near post covered, and so he doesn't have it covered. But the, I mean, it's a powerful shot, and he's hit it quick. It's before he set, I think. So you know, you can't really argue. And I, I guess that you know the way that the chance was created, uh-huh. it's kind of caught everyone by surprise. The defense mm. is sort of slightly flat-footed, um, and I think it's you know maybe you shouldn't maybe you can, he can take a bit of the blame, but I don't think it's. 
I think he takes uh, you know enough of the blame, but he should have he should have probably had that near post covered. I think. Well, I, I think. It, but then it's... again, he probably sees the near post covered and he goes across him, so it could you know yeah. is good enough to do that. Yeah, but I, I, I you know ask yourself, who would you rather have there, Almunia or Lehman? Would Lehman have had a better chance of stopping it? Yes, very much so. Yeah, Lehman would have been at his feet before we'd yeah. even said you know one on one. He would have conceded <laughs> another penalty. Probably. <laughs> um, not that he didn't concede a penalty. He would have got sent off again. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, you're absolutely right. And at one all, really, that was it, wasn't it? I mean, again, it was... I mean, their, their chances to hang on for forty-four minutes for penalties, but if it, it never looked like if it was in the last minute to take it to extra time, you think, all right, Arsenal, can you get to penalties? But in the seventy-six minute, I think it was scored. I remember thinking they'll be lucky to get to extra time. Yeah. To be honest with the you, momentum had shifted, hadn't it? It had massively, and then of course down the right, you know, Larson again, lovely little pass um, to Belletti. I mean, I might even look at the goalkeeper again. I definitely would. Have been. <laughs> yeah. I think the goalkeeper's worse on this one. Yeah, but it's a, it's a brilliant one too. But mm. yeah, for two substitutes, Belletti and Larson, and yeah, you shouldn't be yeah. finishing from that angle. Nah, mm. uh, yeah, I mean, through his legs ultimately, of course. Yeah, cannons yeah. off his right thigh. I think it's one of those ones where you just you can't if it's if it's in that position if you're set you you can't really get to it. You yeah. can't you can't move your feet quick enough. But I mean. Almunia did make a couple of decent saves, uh, you know, to give him a bit of credit. But I do think the two goals he could have done better on. Do you think the yeah. inevitability of that second goal perhaps masks Almunia's mistake a little bit? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I suppose so. Um, I suppose so. I mean, it was, the momentum had shifted. I think at some point, if it hadn't been that goal, if it hadn't been that chance, it would have been another chance. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the inevitability of yeah, it. I yeah, think. I think. I think uh, it would have. I think the, the the dam would have bust at some point in yeah. that period. If it hadn't been then, yeah, absolutely. And, I think... the, and the thing, there was no possibility of Barca sort of backing off. No. Because and... because the team they had out, they couldn't do anything else but attack. Oh, they were on yeah. the ropes. They Arsenal the had ropes. no no other momentum going forward. It was yeah. just, it was there for the taking, basically. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there it was. <laughs> there it was, yeah. And it, and it wasn't to be. And, and Frank Rijkaard won Barcelona's second uh, European Cup or Champions League, if you like. So, so that night, it, it takes... I don't know if you've been to that stadium, but you you get the train down mm-hmm. to the Gardinor, and it's it's sort of it's an annoying journey. It's quite a walk to the station, and and it was really hot. And so I was I was with Ian Hawke, I was with Jonathan Northcroft, who's done one of these, yeah, with yeah. Rob Draper, who who I hope we get on at some point. I think there's a couple of other people there, and we we for some reason we're desperately hungry, so we're we're sort of wandering about right near the Gardinor, looking for somewhere something to eat. And this is I don't know one a.m. two a.m. something like that. <laughs> and we find we find a, a twenty four hour steak free place. Brilliant! That's exactly what we want. Mm. Steak free. Yeah, keep the wine coming. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Isn't going to end well. And uh, <laughs> what I remember is um, the uh, we sort of we we paid the bill and we sort of said to the waiter, oh, we'd had a fair bit to drink. Said to the waiter, um, where, "Where's the nearest cab rank? Where can we get a taxi?" And he was like, "Just get the metro." Like, oh, does metro run through the night? No, sir. It's eight forty-five in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness! And I'd arranged to meet Philippe O'Claire. Yeah, yeah. Done one of these podcasts. I'd arranged to meet him and a friend of his. I think his daughter as well for lunch. So I had to rush back to my hotel. So I'd literally been in my hotel. Yeah. I dropped my bag off and gone to the stadium. Yeah. I went back, picked my bag up, and went to the restaurant to meet Philippe. My goodness. <laughs> Hadn't slept. Drank through the night, and I remember getting on the Eurostar, absolutely reeking. <laughs> And this this old woman gets on, sits next to me, and she was either the politest woman in history mm-hmm. or had no sense of smell. Yeah. <laughs> and she she sort of starts talking to me, and I was really just wanted to sleep. Yeah. And says, "Yeah, oh, yeah, I am a sports person. And she suddenly starts on about how oh, I was watching this tennis match on the telly the other day, and uh, 
I had to turn off before the end, and I, I got I got the Guardian the next day, and I couldn't find the result of the tennis match. <laughs> I don't care. It's got, it's got nothing to do with me. <laughs> yes, but I couldn't find it. Wouldn't it be useful to have classified? I, I'm sure it would. I'll yeah, mention it. What, what was the test? Oh, I, I don't know. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jonathan. There we are, ladies and gentlemen. I think we should end it on that note, quite frankly. And, and an irritating, but yet very polite woman on a train. Um, but Gavin, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Oh, uh, thank uh, you guys for having one. me. Not, thank not, you. not at all. Uh, Jonathan, pleasure as, as always. For more stories like that, do check out theblizzard.co.uk. Of course, we're back next week for another great game from the history of football. Until then, see you later. This was a Stakhanov production. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough, Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.